And Mantis is an acronym, and I can't for the life of me remember what it stands for. It's not Manual Alternative and Natural Therapy Index Systems, right? No, it's Mechanically Augmented Neurotransmitter Interception System. Duh. Interactive system. Okay, that that was it. Okay, Gordo, did you look it up and still get it wrong? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> were you reading it? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, and discuss it, ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show. This week we're going to be talking about The Steve Harvey Show. The Steve Harvey Show won 122 episodes over six seasons on the WB. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which is called Back to School, which originally aired August 25th, 1996. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys... Gordo, Joe, Ferg, and Nick. What's going on, guys? Hey, yo. Hello. He's got a bullet in his head. <laughs> All right. So, um, the Steve Harvey Show. Who has seen the show before we've uh, got prepped for this episode? I've seen Joe? it. Joe? I've seen bit. it. I feel like I've seen it. Like I, I, like, I remember it. I remember, like, little things about it, but not much. Very little. All I honestly remembered before going back was he played the saxophone. I remember Cedric's girlfriend, who's not even in this episode, and um, and I think I remember Bullethead. Laurie Beth Denberg, too, is in it. Later on, episode. yeah, not in this yeah. pilot. And, like, when I looked and saw that it went, like, six seasons and had, like, well over 100 episodes, like, that surprised me. I didn't think that the show was, like, around for that long. It was on in syndication forever. Like, it was one of those shows that was on after school or in the middle of the day if you had a day off of work or whatever. TBS, I think, when they started their very funny bullshit campaign. Yeah, just uh, interesting to see um Steve Harvey with hair again. Like I like it's like I don't have that visual in my head anymore. He has he's been bald for so long. Yeah, well he's one of those guys who he just like wore the toupee for so long and then one day was just like fooled you and like no one ever said anything about it and like you just turned on the tv and was like is that steve harvey like i kind of love that he wasn't like he didn't get one that went like less and less or anything he was just like is that is that what it was i don't know yeah he was like i mean that's i actually did some research into this today because i was like was he wearing one and just popped it off one day and that's pretty much it looks like exactly what he did i hope he got scared and it flew off like in a cartoon (laughs) like i did see one story that i guess he was playing in the nba all-star game and it started to come off and he had to like go like fix it in the bathroom and came back out and they were like and he did such a good job he played basketball with it on it's like why is this a news story who wrote this <laughs> tmz Slow why am i reading it and that's why they write it i also really like that noise which is now <laughs> steve harvey noise <laughs> got a toupee on his head <laughs> all right let's get right into the start of this episode so Right off the bat, we see Steve Harvey, who plays Steve Hightower, and he's breaking the fourth wall for this like cold open for the show, where it's uh, it's not even really a cold open because it, it it lines up. But he's he's talking to the camera while he's inside of the hallway of like uh, high school, and everyone around him is interacting, but ignoring that his existence is there, so he can talk to us, the viewer. And he introduces himself as Steve Hightower. He's the new music teacher at the school. He used to be in a group called Steve Hightower and the High Tops. And he's like, we were the bomb. We were riding limos, women jumping up on the stage. And like, I got the first laugh of the show, which I thought was, I don't know, a weird laugh that girls were jumping on the stage. 
There was some weird laugh tracks on this show. I'll say yeah. that. I, I point yeah, out was... usually too, but like it was. One could say all of them were misplaced. I think it could have been a studio <laughs> audience. I don't know. I just think the standard of comedy was different at that time. There was just one really peculiar one where he wasn't doing anything funny. He was yeah. just playing the saxophone, and there was a laugh track. And I'm like, what? What the fuck is going on? To be fair, though, Steve Harvey is a really good mugger. Like, yeah, you can so, just give a look. I don't think he was at this point, though. Like, Because I, I feel like that's the, the family feud thing that he's best known for now, Like, is that, that reaction to things. But No, he at, had a couple. This, There's one in particular no, yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll get I into later. Uh, but yeah, to go on, he's like, you know, we would write checks and the bank would bounce. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, and then he said that, uh, you know, times changed. They fell off in popularity. And now he's broke. And uh, they cut off his refrigerator light was his example of how broke he is, which that joke really fell short for me, because if we're going to break it down, I know you're not supposed to overanalyze a joke. Doesn't that just mean like you're all the electricity's off, like, you know, <laughs> or the bulb went out. But even then, like they don't just like we're going to get every last thing. It's kind of an all or nothing. They don't shut off half your electricity. It's not depending on how broke you are. Unless you live in a duplex. Well, that's not quite <laughs> the best I can works, give you. But, I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, so uh, that ends with him walking into the door, uh, the the door that says administration, and that's kind of the end of that. And uh, the one thing I want to point out that I noticed before we get into the actual intro to the show is there was a poster right next to the um, administration office that said, "Get your butt off my face." It was an anti-smoking ad. <laughs> it was like I just couldn't like keep my eyes off it because it was like so out of place for everything else that was like in that hallway, and it was very prominent at all times. Anytime they were in the hallway throughout the episode, and then under that one was a it was a comma, and that said, "Get your butt off my face, stepbrother." What are you doing? Dad's going to be home soon. We really shouldn't be doing this. Worse than Steve Harvey's light bulb joke. <laughs> oh, we hadn't talked about our <laughs> we hadn't talked about step sibling porn in a while. I thought I'd bring that up. Yeah, it's been it's What's been not? a good few months. Uh so yeah, so we get into the intro. The the intro is just like these dimly lit kind of shots of first you see like someone's beeper going off and then it was like the the torso of a cheerleader. And you kind of see someone playing basketball and then just like Steve Harvey's face, like about to play saxophone. <laughs> I, I thought this intro was terrible, like absolutely terrible. It was amazing. It was amazingly it was, it was 90s. cheesy. Yeah, it was definitely very 90s. It was 90s, but I, uh, it just does nothing for the show at all. No, I couldn't tell you what it was about, but it reminded me a little bit of, I mean, there's like four or five different Cosby show intros. And there's one where it's like dancing and people, and then it cuts to Bill Cosby going like <laughs> a bunch of times. You know? And that's what I thought you he know, was sort of for, going for. For those of you listening, you guys all know the face Joe just made, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you sucked on a lemon face. Honestly, I didn't have to see him to know the face he was going to do <laughs> when he was you, talking yeah. about Bill Cosby. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Gordo, you said you loved the intro? I thought it was funny. Like, I thought it was like funny in like a cheesy way. I was going to say, that being said, the intention was not for it to be funny. No, they, no, 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 but it, it was cheesy. That was supposed to make him look really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so right from the intro, it, it picks up exactly from where that opening left off, because now you're on the other side of the administration office, and Steve's walking in, and he introduces himself uh, as a new music teacher, and he's looking for the principal. And that's when he gets answered by the student named Bullethead. Uh, I think he said his real name was Stanley Kuznatsky, or... Yeah, Kuznaki. It's uh, Kuznaski or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, Kuznaki. 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 All right. He's never referred to anything other than Bullethead for the remainder of the episode. But and he does remind you that that's because there is in fact a bullet in his head. What? 
it's a weird thing they're trying to i, I mean assume the whole thing is like uh you know inner city tough times these kids are been through some shit but they're actually good kids right there's a lot of movies from around this time that are like this like lean on me and dangerous minds dangerous and minds is mentioned in the yeah dangerous yeah, minds in but it seems a little on the nose or a little on the head to be like oh this is the kid who was the shooting victim and now everyone just calls him bullethead <laughs> <laughs> all right sure i feel like they wrote the name of the character down like they liked the idea that someone would be named Bullethead, and they just kind of went from there you mean steve harvey liked the name Bullethead? Yeah. i was just gonna say I'm, I'm confused why he's working in the office like i thought he may have been like a young teacher or something until i saw him in the class later yeah it was like i don't know if it was some like oh, work weird. program or whatever because yeah he is asked to do tasks like later on yeah. But yeah. Uh can I can I just jump in and just say I found out that it is not the older brother from Home Improvement because that's who I thought that this was. Yeah, I don't think that took extensive research. <laughs> uh I knew it wasn't him beforehand, but Yeah, the rest I'm, of us just said, Oh, that guy, not home improvement. I'm glad your Wikipedia search confirmed it. It did. Thank he you. He would have been way too young. Now, does anybody recognize him for anything? So a weird thing is we love to play like the who do you know from this. And honestly, you really can only say that in this TV show for Steve Harvey and the teachers because almost everybody else is like their first thing. I did but, uh, look the actor up, though, and he was in a good amount of stuff. It just yeah, one of those. Like, I, I uh, he's in Pearl Harbor. Him. He's in the Magnificent Seven remake. Like he's been working consistently. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely seemed familiar. Um, not to me. I didn't recognize him at all. That's bullet. Oh, he was in the butterfly effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. I just don't think he ever has, he's ever like a large role in anything. So, you know, you'd have probably watch back and if, uh, if he was pointed out, then you'd recognize him. If you go to his Wikipedia, it says that he is best known for the character Bullethead. On yeah. The Steve Harvey show. Yeah. Cause this was a longstanding show and he was yeah, a yeah, seven or eight years is yeah. like a lead. Yeah. And yeah. Bullethead also, uh, he goes on to tell him that, you know, if you need anything, let me know. Like, pencils push pins erasers like because he works in this office he has the fast track to get you some extra pencils so you think like that's like almost like drug dealer talk do you think he used to be like a dealer and then he got shot on a bad deal that's that, how he got the bullet that could be the dark uh intro to what really happened i'm not, I'm not even yeah. kidding because that's like that's what they're alluding to right only he's trying to slip him like like office supplies instead of like if drugs. they if that if they really put that much, I don't think they thought about it that thoroughly. But I, it, there is a tie there. Here's a question: He's playing pretty much a, a pretty stunted type of guy, right? He's not the smartest dude. Do you think that was pre-bullet in head, or is the bullet in his head made him less smart? Just to think that he's like that's why he's working in the the office. Maybe they're just like, oh, we like sort of take pity on poor bullet head. Depends where the bullet is. If it just severed his corpus callosum, then no. Whoa, Ferg. Wow. Like, there you like, go. Like Phineas Gage. Look at all this going on. I was under the impression that maybe the bullet is what made him a little dumber. That's I'm what I kind of gauged. Yeah. Something wrong with your medulla oblongata. Yeah. <laughs> but they never really, at least in this episode, they don't really delve into it. So we're not going to find out one way or another. I mean, I know, again, we play the game. You don't know anything. I'm not even trying to say, like, I'm an expert because I watched this show because I can't imagine it was on in syndication any earlier than 10 years ago was the last time I would have seen it. But I think they play him up as being, like, they he, they keep going. Like, he's, like, the dumb guy for a while, I think, in the future of the show. <laughs> One day they take the bullet out and become smart. Like Homer Simpson with the crayons. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I do like that after um he offers him all this stuff if he needs it, Steve replies, like, can we just go back to the fact that there's a bullet in your head? <laughs> like, and I'm glad that that wasn't looked over as a strange thing that he introduced himself with like it was acknowledged by steve 
you know, like we said this and we have to pay it off by at least acknowledging the fact that we said it. And then, um, so from there, uh, Cedric the Entertainer actually walks and he plays, his character's name is Cedric too, which him and Steve both got the luxury of, I guess, when you help create a show. I don't want a new name. Just give me my normal name. But yeah, he walks in and, uh, Steve asks him how he's doing and Bullethead like chimes in and he gets cut off because that's not who he was talking to. Coach, uh, then turns to Steve and, uh, cause Cedric is, uh, is a, is a gym teacher coach there and he goes, he's got a bullet in his head. Like <laughs> we got it the first time. I don't know if you had to like reinforce the joke. Like the, you know, we know his name's Bullethead and now three times it's already been said that there's a bullet in his head specifically. I think the fact that these two guys though aren't actors, they're comedians. That's sort of, they're relying on like just hit a joke hit a joke hit a joke hit a joke more and like really deliver the line right like like that over delivery right because then you're you're relying less on your like acting chops or whatever like surround yourself with actors and just be funny and serviceable yeah and then from there we see uh we meet principal greer at the at the uh, for the first time and she hands bullethead like the stack of letters and asks him to put stamps on them but reminds him like this time like put the stamps on the front of the envelopes he's like fine be like everybody else which was another, we get it, you're dumb, but whatever, you know, for that scene, it's fine. It, it's a quick 90s yeah. sitcom joke. He's that character, you know? Exactly. Gonna be like that no. the whole time. Now, Ferg, for what I know of other episodes, do you hate Bullethead? I honestly don't remember anything. I told you the only thing I remember is the, is the, that he saxophone. plays the saxophone. So I, I honestly, I don't know. I probably would if, he, if he's that whole, like, I'm too dumb to function kind of dumb, but people keep him around. But I don't know, because I don't know. Only watched this episode. Now, does anybody know what Principal Greer was in before she was in this? Before this, n- yeah, no. no. She was in Mantis. We're through <laughs> the looking Mantis glass here, dying. people. We finally got somebody who was on Mantis on one of our episodes. I'm so happy about it. I mean, if we're gonna be completely honest, I've never seen Mantis. I've never don't seen know, Mantis. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Like, so even when you make these references, it's all way past my head. I know nothing of this show. Bonus episode, <laughs> Mantis pilot movie. Great. Just me oh. and Ferg. <laughs> Is it a movie or a show? It's a show. It was like a, a show? TV movie they made into a show. Okay. He's a guy in a wheelchair. Like, he's paralyzed, but when he puts on his Mantis suit, he can walk around. So no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> So bad. And Mantis is an acronym, and I can't for the life of me remember what it stands for. It's like, you know, me neither. man in a new tight something, you know. But yeah, this girl was in Mantis, so we finally clicked one off there. <laughs> great, great. It's not manual alternative and natural therapy index systems, right? No, it's mechanically augmented neurotransmitter interception system. Duh. Interactive system. Okay, that's that was it. Okay. Gordo, did you look it up and still get it wrong? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> were you reading it? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if you type in Mantis acronym on Google, the first one that pops up is Manual Alternative and Natural Therapy Index Systems. Why wouldn't you type in Mantis TV show, which would have eliminated it? That's what it said underneath the same system. Underneath the first one, that's where it said it's a sci-fi TV show. I didn't see that. Well, this actress who was in Mantis then walks over to uh, Steve and Cedric. Cedric introduces her to Steve. When she introduces herself as the principal, Steve mentions that uh, she's nothing like the principal from when he was a kid. His had a hairpiece, one big eyebrow, and razor bumps. She's uh, quite a woman. So, you know, get it, because we are to assume that it was a man. (laughs) She replies by saying, you must be referring to Superintendent Williams. She gave me my first job, and perhaps you find hormonal imbalance humorous. 
And, I do. And when we <laughs> when we talk about um earlier Steve Harvey's reactions, his reaction as she's delivering these lines one by one was really good. I thought this was a great example of Steve Harvey reacting with his face really well. It's also one of those things where like I don't think you could pull off these lines now without somebody being very, very mad. And like rightfully so, right? But like right. again, an example of the fact that this is twenty five years ago. This happens um at least one more time that I noted in the episode, but this happens in general. Any especially in the nineties, like what was okay in the nineties is not okay thirty years later. And yeah, there's a few jokes that they're not super bad, but they just wouldn't fly well today. Yeah, because comedy's dead. I don't think comedy is dead so much. I just think that you this couldn't isn't have comedy. made any it's... of the fat jokes he makes later. Yeah, I just think the fat jokes. Like, if he was a comedian doing stand up, he could. I just don't think a network would let you do this now. I don't think it's because no, comedy people is would dead. say he's fat shaming and cancel him. Oh, there's plenty of comedians who still do fat jokes. I think. Yeah, there's plenty. Of it's all about your approach. Yeah, but I, inevitably, someone won't like it, and it, it might come up within a group. I, I think it's just it's a really careful line. But a lot of stand up comedians, I think there's an understanding in the comedy world that it's a joke and. uh you know when you i don't know they're making fun of everybody almost including themselves it's you know you kind of have to pick apart everyone if you're the only one that's how south park's gotten away with it all these years they've literally made fun of everything so no one can get angry the don rickles approach you make fun of everybody including yourself and then everybody's burnt to the you know burnt to ashes and you really can't be mad about it Mm. yeah because then it's awkward if you're the one person that can't be joked about because then it stands out and it's like there's an uncomfortability there yeah but that's really delving into this whole quick joke a lot deeper than it probably needs to for this <laughs> that's episode. way more uh in-depth societal talk we need than a, than a she sweats crisco joke deserves probably yeah because um yeah so the the principal then asks steve to uh step into her office and yeah joe as you just said that's when um steve points out the last time that he ever was called into the principal's office was for putting a sign on a fat girl that said i sweat crisco and uh yes she does not find that funny and i was just thinking like that right there the whole putting a sign on someone is that something that like happens in real life or even then like or is that just like an old tv and movie trope that we used to do it we did that yeah we've definitely done that when we're younger But but is that just taking that from tv Probably. Oh, definitely. We learned everything from TV. Like, is it the chicken and the egg thing then? Like, do we do that because we see it on TV? Or does TV put it in episodes because people really do that? It's a real snake eating its own tail scenario right here. It's a real (laughs) chicken or the egg type of thing. (laughs) Also, Ferg, you hit on something so spot on right there where you're like, of course we did it because of TV. TV taught us everything. Like, the (laughs) idea of that's what we were doing then and fast forward to us now. All it's like, what do you guys do for fun? Be like, we very seriously dissect TV shows for no reason at all. <laughs> we break down shows that aren't meant to be broken down. <laughs> right. Oh, well, we spent two hours talking about the Steve Harvey show from 1997 because that's what we do. Like, if we were to interview, like, a writer from the show and ask them why they said a specific thing, they'd be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, they would, like, like they, there's man, no thought for the like... Yeah. Yeah, we were on a lot of drugs. that's why we wrote it that way show me lots of drugs (laughs) (laughs) not gonna go into it but did you guys figure out the end as early as i did no no i did right away i didn't and i don't want and i don't want to spoil it too soon but yeah that's why that's why i just but i did not and actually that i was not expecting that but we'll talk about that later on as he sits down, he does get a little bit more serious, and he explains how he is thankful for this job, and uh, she immediately goes, you know, save your syrup for your pancakes, and when he goes, what? <laughs> She's like, you think you'd be able to hear with those big old ears on your head? And he's like, did we date? <laughs> 
did I date your sister? This part made me laugh. When he said, did we date that, like that got a, like a legit laugh out of me. Like, like his puzzled look and trying to analyze like, why is she doing this to me? I love the escalation dude. Cause she's being mean to me. Did we date is super funny. She gets a little more mean and he's like, did I date your sister? That's just a funny <laughs> escalation of like, do I, oh, remind, it must be that. do I remind you of your baby daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is again, we are like, okay, he's perfect in his element. He doesn't need to be acting here. He's just being fucking hilarious. He's just reacting. So well. yeah. And uh, and she says like, no, now can we get back to the present despite your clothes? Which I'm glad she mentioned because he, in this episode, to give you guys a visual, he comes in in this like gigantic red suit, like this overgrown red suit, which- Is that like a zoot suit? Like I don't know what style that specific type of suit is. Yeah, because it reminds me of uh, like, um, oh crap, what's the name of that? Like Jessica Rabbit? She wore Roger a glittery Rabbit. dress. Not her, but like what was the movie? <laughs> Who framed Roger, Roger, Roger Yeah, yeah, oh, like, you know, like, the, like that. Oh. Are you thinking? <laughs> Nick I think, out. I think, Nick, please, Nick, <laughs> I think Nick's literally thinking of a zoot suit, though. I think that's, yeah, because that, that, that era, yeah. I think that's suit. of the same era, right? They were kind of in like an old swing club, right? Like yeah. the old lounge? It was a speakeasy. Yeah. Or like Jim Carrey in the mask, right? The whole yellow suit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. See, I got, I got like a, um, like a funk like the old school funk outfit that they used to wear like the Commodores. <laughs> Why did that make for <laughs> No, but you know what I'm saying like though, right? Funk. Yeah, like like a, like I a know stage like what you're talking like about because I know thing. that's that's a specific style of, of music that he's coming from. But that's but, yeah, like, but that's exactly and like they reference it later on with well, like he the clearly like yeah, and, he lives in in, yeah. in the in his heyday like the the show starts off with him talking about his past. Like yeah, that that's yeah. what he's clinging to. I feel like like Morris Day in the time dressed like that too, right? Yeah. Like right. Through the 80s. You've got all those bands, yeah. She um she then informs him that like due to budget cuts that he's now also the head of the department and he's gonna have to teach art and drama as well as the music class because he went in thinking he's just the music teacher. And when she hands him the contract, he's like, I don't know anything about those subjects and I don't agree to this. She's like, All right, well you can work somewhere else then. We, you know, we'll find somebody else, which clearly makes him change his tune. And he's like, you know what? Like, I, I, I can do this. Is that something a, the, a principal does? Like, do they do the hiring and like the contract? I would assume like it would have been like the superintendent or yeah, like or there's a school board or something or yeah, I don't know. I do like how he was consulting Mister Carnote, Mister Mortgage, <laughs> and Mister Food Bill. Yeah, I mean that at the end of the day, like you, you can only like be like on your uh rest on your morals for so long until you're like you know i do need this job so right you can only be so proud if you can't pay your rent and feed yourself yeah and uh as he's like you know she's going to leave after um she hands him the contract and he like chases to the door and that's when he he continues on like do i remind you of someone like an ex-boyfriend baby daddy the guy that gave you that perm and that got like a little (laughs) bit of an ooh but she doesn't have a perm yeah she's just got like short styled hair yeah yeah. Well, maybe that's the reason it would be that guy that gave her the perm that she hates. He's bad <laughs> she, at it. she asked for a perm. She asked for a 13, but she got a 31, essentially, is the scenario yeah. that she's in right now. And, uh, and, and I want to note that joke because there's another example like this later on, and, and I'll talk about it later, but the perm joke that when she doesn't have a perm lines up with something else that happens later on. Yeah, from there, the next scene is Steve enters uh, the classroom uh, right before his classroom, right before the class is about to start. And he's trying to get all the students' attention, but nobody's listening. 
So his way to resolve this is to sit on his desk, grab a saxophone, and just start playing for a few seconds. And just everyone just stops and sits in their chair and listens like he's the Pied Piper. (laughs) The fuck was that? He's got like a weird like sexy sit too. He's got like one foot on the ground, one leg kind of up. Oh yeah, you turned on Joe? Yes. (laughs) Yes, Did you guys not find this strange? Am I the only one who I, thought no, this I thought was odd? I, I thought not strange. I thought it was really dumb. But yeah, I'm gonna go even with you. I think it was dumb, but also strange. But I mean, I <laughs> guess that would get your attention, right? If a teacher walked in and started playing sexy saxophone all of a sudden, you would stop what you were doing. Yeah, so I could see them all like stopping and looking at him, but the fact that they all like just quietly sat in their chairs now and are paying attention, like that, didn't make sense. To it would have been better if they turned around and started throwing paper at him. <laughs> I was just thinking the same. Stop thing. throwing that paper. <laughs> <laughs> because as we talked about actually if you want to he's we're referencing to our mr cooper episode which was months ago now but you can always go back uh and listen to the older episodes we did hang on with mr cooper same plot there's a lot of tv shows that do this where it's it's like the guy becomes the teacher and we introduce ourselves to the man in the school for the first time a lot of a lot of shows do this this is the I second one i think that covered. trope either like i don't understand the trope of all oh, my dreams failed i guess i'll be a teacher like like, <laughs> like that's something easy to just fall back on like you need a master's degree yeah to be yeah. a teacher like but that's a really that's, serious that's the plot of so many sitcoms or <laughs> you could be in a failed band yeah. <laughs> All right, so Gordo, you and I are going to become teachers then. That sounds like a hell that I don't ever want to be a part of. <laughs> Anyone I know, like my sister's a teacher and she loves that job, but it they seem like she seems like she's more drained than any of us, you know what I mean, at the end of the day, I can't even imagine. No, I mean, if you want to be a teacher, like you have to have that drive to do it. Um there's no way I would be like, you know, I'll yeah. give my hand at teaching. It's awful. I'll try this for a week or two, see what happens. Yeah. Nick, you'd substitute it, didn't you? I did. It was terrible. Every minute of it was awful. I hated it. What I- what age? Like what grades? Uh, I did uh, fourth through eighth. That's a real fifth through, eighth, of, fifth through eighth. Fifth through eighth. Could yeah. be good. Could be shitty. Right. That's like it's a like weird it, tough it's age. just it's weird because like kids just gradually got shittier. Fifth graders they're loud, they're annoying, but you can manage them. Like the, when you get to the eighth graders though, they're just like just they suck. Like they're terrible people. They made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> did you dump over any kids' desks and then write their name? on the board i did times. not jason jason <laughs> actually the worst kid in my class was a jason though i kicked him out of class every day i walked in and kicked him out <laughs> i'm dealing with you dude i'm a fucking jason! substitute yeah the cycle continues the next generation you need to know that the legacy continues <laughs> Uh, so after he introduces himself to the class, this girl stands up. Later, we find out her name's Sophia, and she just, like, stomps her foot once at him and, like, moves towards him and goes, where's Mr. Seeger? How come you're teaching all those subjects, and why wh- Why do we need to take this class anyways? And then he replies by stomping his foot back at her and goes, I don't know. I was set up, and I don't know. <laughs> and again. <laughs> again? It was like, Lost at laughing yeah, at this. It was so simple. It, it, there wasn't anything like crazy about it, but his delivery. That like, was the Steve only Harvey line works. I liked. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, and Nick, you have more experience than the rest of us at this, but like, you know, I feel like you also just can't show fear to kids if you're a teacher. Like, you can't let them get an inch, especially the second you I, first. I, this come is in. different. This is like high school. This is like a whole other thing. Well, I, would I mean, never knowing do. us in high school because we all went yeah. to high school together. I mean, I don't believe myself to like at core be a bad child. Like, I think generally there were kids that were a lot worse 
worse than us. And I think we were fairly good natured, but we were aggravators for sure. And I think especially, especially with substitutes more so than like your standard teachers, if you saw like an inch of an inch of weakness, you just you attack. Yeah. You yeah. just, you get on them. We were ruthless to teachers when we were kids. Yeah, didn't we have their S? I was, cause didn't we make one teacher in middle school have a nervous breakdown i was high school uh, no. and that was jay we also <laughs> did it in ccd that was multiple me and times <laughs> that, were, were you in that were you in our class with that too nick i i remember chair surfing and a teacher crying <laughs> <laughs> we would have been like what 13 at most maybe right? yeah i think Wait. that's what got kicked me out when i got kicked out of ccd and that was somebody we know's dad too right the time we made bishop mark bishop cry <laughs> no he didn't cry he got wicked mad Think how hard it is to get kicked out of a religious after school program where it's like they, <laughs> we went they, onto they, the roof. Not very hard. The, yeah, <laughs> I was say it seemed easy. This is God. <laughs> the defining moment was us going up over the. There used to be roof access where you could look down into the gymnasium where we all used to get called to class. Don't say us. Yeah, I right. had nothing to do with this. <laughs> where Nick. Joe Berg and I would go up there and the priest who was in charge, like the principal, I guess what you would call him, I guess. But Uh, Father Jerry. No, Mark Bishop. It was Mark Bishop. Yeah, we would call him Bishop Mark Bishop. So we would go up and there was a vent that went into the gymnasium and we would say, Mark, this is God. And as immediately, as soon as we said it, eyes went right up to why there was a window there. I have no idea. But right up there, our face, my face right there, me scurry and booted out of CCD because of that. (laughs) Booted. And I just want to go back a second. Did you guys say I made someone have a nervous breakdown? Because I don't think I did. Yeah. Mr. S. I'm not giving his full name. Oh, the substitute? Yeah. What did I do? I don't remember this. You were just a dick to him all the time. I don't think I made someone out a nervous breakdown. Jay, nobody liked Jay. None of the teachers did. And to the point where, Jay, do you remember we were in an English class and <laughs> the teacher did not like you at all? And I don't know what happened, but you started bleeding from the ear. <laughs> yeah. You were like, uh, can I go to the nurse? And she was like, no, <laughs> I am bleeding from the ear. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess. <laughs> like that particular Why were teacher? You bleeding from the ear? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Too much learning that day. He was full. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't allowed to <laughs> seek medical attention. So who knows? Um, I will say that same teacher, there was a time like, now you got to remember, we were in high school. We graduated 2004. So now I'm maybe a sophomore. So it's like 2002-ish, maybe right around there. Cell phones aren't quite the same. Like we're, we're kind of in our infancy of having like cell phones on us. But all the more so, it's not like today where I think it's just assumed kids are going to have their phones out probably most of school. I'd imagine so, yeah. So my phone starts ringing in class and you just get the death stare. And like everyone turns their head and looks at me. Because like at this point, like you, you cannot let that ever happen. It's funny too because it was definitely like the one bit version of like mother playing too. Yeah, yeah, it's probably that or 96 Quite Bitter Beings by CKY or something like that. And she just looks at me and I'm like, and you're expected to just hit the button to silence your phone. And while everyone's looking at me, I just went, hold on. And I just picked up the phone and like answered the call in class. You wonder why they hated you. Well, there are certain teachers that you know, <laughs> there's no turning back from at this point. So it, you got to run with it. <laughs> Who was calling you in the middle of school? We were I think it was just my school. dad. It was just like, it was nothing important. Like, <laughs> that makes how sense. many people even have your <laughs> so cell phone? Dad dad realized that it was between seven and two. What's going you were on? You're, busy. you're 14 and it's one o'clock. What is he <laughs> yeah. calling you? Like, what did you think was happening? <laughs>
I mean, in fairness, I mean, not to get into too long of a tangent, but to this day, like if I tell my dad I'm like working, he'll call me in the middle of my shift and be like, what are you doing? You at work? Yeah. Can you talk? No, I'm at work. All right. Bye. <laughs> like, that's like, so like, this has not changed 20 years later. But to move on, this is uh, this is where we meet a bunch of the students. And uh, first we get this girl who raises her hand. I think her name was Sarah. And she tells Steve that uh, she's very good at drama and that she was an extra in Dangerous Minds. And then Sophia, the first girl, is like very quick to call her out on that and says that she's always lying about shit and they just get into this big back and forth and then like steve like breaks it up and he's be he's like this isn't ricky lake i'll let you fight i'm like huh <laughs> was that the big thing about ricky lake no they got broken up right before they fight on ricky lake yeah there was no fighting on ricky lake like ricky lake and jenny jones he didn't fight but on jerry you know, it was like it was encouraged yeah yeah and then steve wilkos would just make you stand up <laughs> Throw the yeah. chair. Yeah, Steve Wilkos' big thing is like, you just aren't allowed to sit. Like, I don't respect you. You don't get a chair anymore. I can't believe it. So he's still on. Is Jerry Springer still on? Or is he doing like a judge show? No, he has now? a judge show now. Yeah. Okay, I thought it's like so. like Judge Jerry. And Judge Judge Judy has a new show, and it's only on IMDb TV. Uh, she's canceled. Oh, she got canceled? No, the show's still on. But people are mad that she didn't bring her bailiff with her. Oh. And it's like literally a literally a big controversy. Uh, <laughs> where did you hear this controversy? <laughs> Telegram. What were you browsing that this came up? She was on the view. No, the bailiff was on the view, and he was like, "So you were watching the view? Why? What's Maybe. he on? Is he on like a book tour now? Like he's, he's like, I got to capitalize on he's this. Like, I, he's like, I've been with her through everything, thick and thing, blah blah blah. And then like she was trending on Twitter about it, and like everyone was all mad. So justice for bailiff. <laughs> I feel like that's not her power to bring him, but people got mad at poor Judge Judy. Well, I also don't know what kind of money IMDb TV is offering for TV shows right now, but I'm guessing it's not a ton. You know what I mean? I think she's just bored. She's this is like a retirement project. But yeah, anyways, uh, next we just start hearing music blasting out of nowhere and uh, enters this kid with a boombox and he's like kind of dancing and making a big entrance as he comes in. And is he just saying like the butter, the butter? Is that what he's saying? I think that's what he's saying. I have no idea. I don't know, but I've never cringed more on a show. Like the, the, the scene was worse than the my uh, acapella my girl scene. Really? This bothered yeah. you more than that? Just the second he Agreed. came in with he came comes in with a boombox and all the kids are like, Woo! And then they yeah. sat there and yeah. like <laughs> I have face palmed. Like that was because, <laughs> because you, have to, you have to assume, right? This kid probably did this every single day, the, the way he explains it. Because like He's like, Romeo's got to make an entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Ferg, I needed that so badly. Thank you. Even for for like 96, though, wasn't like the big boombox thing kind of outdated at this point? Yeah, well, he does call him Radio Rahim. So he does like reference that. I mean, that's a movie from pretty much, I don't know, eight to 10 years earlier. So he's even mentioning he's outdated. But then he quips back with like, nice suit. Does it come with an eight track player? Yeah, which gets the reply, nice pants. Did Biggie Smalls have a garage sale? And this is what I was talking about with the perm joke. What about his pants? Like they were like a little baggy, but they didn't, it didn't look like something Biggie Smalls would have. Like he was, they were so big that it, it struck me as odd. I didn't get the joke. Yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't like 90s big that they were huge hanging off his ass and stuff yeah so like the pants were much bigger then and his weren't that big yeah, yeah, so this is why I, this is why I'm like yeah, mentioning the, the perm joke with it because to me this was the script happened and they wrote the jokes and then when they set up these shots and like actually 
create like film the show they didn't like put those little things into details and then when they're filming it live on the spot no one there the director any writers on set no one was like we should alter this line a little bit so it makes more sense to what's going on it was like we have the script this is the script so it didn't matter that she didn't have a perm it didn't matter that his pants weren't baggy enough for this joke like this is the joke we wrote and we're really proud of it so you're gonna have to say it do you think there was, like, casting changes or something? Like, it was a different actress before? Even if, is it that hard to, like, alter? Like, you, you have professional comedians as the main actors on the show. You can you can figure out a way to get around the perm joke yeah. or the baggy pants joke with something else funny. It's just, like, a diss joke back either way. Also, a great joke for that, too, is if you make fun of the perm, and then by the next episode, like, you put her in a permed wig, and you make fun of her perm, and then the next episode, she doesn't have the perm anymore, you know the joke actually got to her. Right. It bothered her enough that she changed her hairstyle. Yeah. Then you have like an angle to go on. Right. Why yeah, are we I, not writers for all of these shows? I really feel like we need our uh, writers guild cards. I feel like every sitcom needs like an outsider that they just let into the room to just be the voice of reason sometimes like these guys I mean, isn't so, that what a producer that's what focus, is that's what focus groups are and stuff when they show yeah but they don't pilot. nitpick every episode they like a pilot sure they might say like this doesn't work we don't find this character funny but even like the best shows have these things where if just someone who wasn't part of their world looked at it they'd go what does that mean and then they could like look at it but you, they get so locked into living in this bubble together that they're all on the same page so even if a joke doesn't make sense it makes sense within that group i will say nick is right though it's like what is, is that what a for it is right like that's part of the job same thing when you make music right you want somebody there to be outside of the giant group to help you to be like putting things together in a better way i just think that sometimes they probably get sucked into the bubble too yeah they get too close to it so we see that um romeo and that original girl sophia start kissing so uh they're clearly together is this the time we can talk about the sad demise of romeo right here he, he just walked into the scene what is a sad demise though you don't did you don't know like this is one of the biggest things about that show when it ended how he died oh i, I didn't know he died please i did not continue because i was the one who did this last week so now Let's go. Yeah, this is the most depressing thing ever. So the dude who was uh, Romeo was his name. It's uh, the act. Uh, so the actual actor. The actual actor. He Merlin was like Santana. in the Cosby Show. He did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he was like Rudy's boyfriend for a while on Cosby. Did a bunch of stuff. So right the year the show ended, 2002, he's at a party in L.A. He's hanging out with one of his best friends, Jesse from the Mighty Ducks. Quack quack quack. They leave this party. This girl goes and tells her boyfriend that he was hitting on her. As they're getting into the car, this dude pulls his gun out, shoots into the car, kills him, shoots him right in the head. So he's the new Bullethead. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you can't set me up like that. <laughs> that wow yeah well done i moving on from that yeah (laughs) but yeah anyway it turns out the girl wasn't actually hit on she was just trying to make her boyfriend jealous so she just lied that dude shot into the car for no reason she was 15 and like her and that dude went to jail for like i think he's in for life and she got like 20 years or something but it was like i think it may have even been as the show was ending like the show might have been totally done yet because it was like a big story when it happened thank god jesse's okay <laughs> quack 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 is he okay i think he he may have gotten some shrapnel i don't know i i don't remember him he's not dead so he wasn't he on doing... like the new mighty ducks he didn't get killed too right no he didn't get killed in that incident no he's still alive thank god <laughs> 
But anyway, yeah, I, I didn't know if anybody knew that story or not, but that was like the big thing at the end of this show. And I don't remember if this is why they, if the show was already ending and they were like, well, one of the main characters just died or like, I don't remember if there's like a final episode or anything. It's been so long, but uh, yeah, super bummer. All right. So that concludes our Let's Depress the Listeners mid-episode segment that we started doing last <laughs> week and uh, get back into the actual show. So now uh, Romeo, RIP, and uh, Sophia start kissing and Steve asked them like, Hey, where do you guys think you are? Vacation Bible school? Yeah, didn't (laughs) get that one one. even a little bit. Didn't even kind of get that one. I'm like, maybe that joke's not for me, Like, but I I don't get it. I was like, I thought maybe one of you got it. (laughs) All I kept thinking was that maybe there was something in the news at the time that he was referencing that sort of just been buried by time. Oh, like it was like very topical at the moment. Yeah, it just didn't age well. What's it called? Like Catholic schools? Like, Like the kids are always like super horny and stuff? Is that like the same kind of like joke? Well, I think kids are super horny at every school. Yeah, I I, I know what you're saying, Ferg. I, it could be somewhere in that realm where that joke's supposed to go. But that's me I trying it was to dissect it. But I honestly have no idea. It was. I mean, that's, that's not. Yeah, that's that better like, than anything else, right? Um. So yeah. So then, um, Cedric starts. Uh, he walks into the room and he just starts blowing his whistle to get everyone's attention, but only to tell them that he's only there to check on his buddy. Like, why did you run in blowing a whistle? Was it just to, like, remind everyone that he's, like, the coach? Because it's like, hey, everyone, attention, attention. I just want to talk to my friend real quick. Weren't all the kids talking over each other at that point? Yeah, but he didn't need, it didn't matter. Because he wasn't trying to talk to them in front of the class. They could talk all they wanted. He only wanted to talk to Steve. Because they they end up going into the hallway. This is when Steve tells him he's not really happy with the situations. The kids don't sit down. They don't listen to him. He doesn't uh, teach art and drama. It looked like Cedric knew a little bit about the uh, the multiple subject thing because the way he replied, like the yeah, like that, like so he knew that that was what Steve was gonna have to walk into, but he didn't want to like tell him ahead of time, I guess in fear that he wouldn't take the job. And then he tells him he's like, you know, like you know, I'm doing you a favor. Like the rest of the high tops, which was uh, Steve's old band, they're all working at the post office, and those checks are regular. But what I don't know. What does that even mean? I didn't get Wouldn't that either. Want a regular paycheck versus the what gigantic one he's getting as the art teacher? Like, the, yeah, I, but regular to me doesn't say big. Regular says consistent. Yeah, but teachers don't get paid a lot. That's like a joke. But is that, that goes so? Is that what he was saying? That us. like they're getting regular paychecks? Like they're they're all getting steady pay right now, and you're not? Is is that what he meant? I mean, I've always historically heard of people as we were kids, especially people be like, get a job at the post office, got good benefits. It's a government job. So I've never heard anything bad about, I've never heard it that way, you know, where anybody would be knocking it. Yeah, I feel like the, his delivery made it sound like a negative, but maybe the if you actually think of the word what's, choice. What's he the was, joke exactly? Like how, how is it worded? He said they're all working at the post office and those checks are regular. But yeah, his his tone sounded like he was being negative towards it, but I think it wasn't meant to be negative. No, I think Joe was right that it means that Steve Harvey was unemployed. They're not. Yeah, and so then, uh, they have a regular paycheck. And Steve also asked what, what's up with the principal and that she's treating him like Latoya Jackson at a family reunion. That made me laugh. What I love about that, though, is I don't think he said Latoya Jackson. I think he, he just, just said, LaToya. said LaToya. He did just say LaToya. Right. So that's the kind of thing, again, going back, where, like, she was so present when we were kids. She had, like, the LaToya psychic friends stuff happening that, like, we know what that is right away. But I wonder if you watched that, if you were, like, our age then, if you're, like, 12 or 13 now, if you'd have thinking, any we're, idea we're the last, is. Probably the last generation that'll get that joke. Right. Somewhere right now, LaToya Jackson is just sad and alone. 
I was going to say at this point, she, uh, she's one of the, they were also known that family was so popular, but yeah, through time, you'll know Michael and Janet, Tito, but like, you're not like, I feel like the younger Tito and Latoya gonna, are the butts of the joke. Yeah. The kids aren't going to remember like all of them. No. Jermaine. Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying this whole situation was a mistake and Cedric tells him he just needs to go in there and let the kids know that he's in charge and like kick a couple of them out if he has to except the one ashy one in the corner because he served time <laughs> again more like very stand-up here right the way the delivery of that too that's like crowd work like, yeah I'm, kick- I'm gonna kick you out i'm gonna kick you out you back in the corner you look like you serve time i'm not gonna kick you out that seems like the kind of thing he would like rapid fire do it's when like they're being comedians the, it's very funny it's tweaking the joke it's adding that little bit extra just to give it that that button at the end in hopes that that catches the lap. But, uh, yeah, as they walk back in, Sophia and Romeo, who were kissing earlier and now arguing, cause, um, I guess, you know, she's accusing him of not remembering her birthday and now she wants everything back that she gave to him. And Romeo said that, uh, she can have the pants back because they give him a wedgie anyways. And I just assumed that Gordo found that hilarious. Did that one get you? Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. But also, too, but to go back to the we need an outside consultant here for these shows. If his pants were so baggy, how can they be giving him a wedgie? Valid. Very valid. You know, It's funny, but how? Well, I think that sometimes, though, when you're wearing really baggy pants like that, when I see somebody wearing really big baggy pants and they're really low, like below their butt, like, you know, you see sometimes people wear them, like, below the cheek. They have to wear a belt. Yes, my brother. My brother wears there. his pants around his kneecaps. Right, yeah, like Chris. <laughs> right, so I imagine he gets a lot of wedgies because then you're then you're tightening just around your cheeks because you have to have it. So I imagine maybe that pushes the material. I would give you a wedgie. Yeah, I would give you a wedgie. Depends on how loose your underwear is. If you're wearing tighter underwear, like if you're wearing boxer briefs, I imagine it wouldn't. If you're wearing big f- kind of fluffy boxers, it probably, there's a lot of material flowy there. Fluffy okay. boxers? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that not the right term? <laughs> fluffy boxers? And now I'm just picturing your brother in like fluffy, like, uh, like leopard. Like, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> not leopard, yeah, like some sort of bird. <laughs> like peacock pattern or something? Yeah, there you go. Mink. Mink's Ooh, mink. not a bird? I know, but it's fluffy. <laughs> oh, oh, thought you were implying Mink was a bird. So anyways, at this point, Cedric runs out because he says he has a TV dinner cooking in the sauna. I'm like, weird. So first off, the school has a sauna, so not that bad of a school if their gym has that expensive. That was like a shot at we don't have a microwave, but we have a sauna. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I was thinking, because like in the, I think it was in the 90s, maybe like pe- people were way more infatuated with TV dinners in general. Like microwave food still seemed like this like weird thing. of. The it was like, Everybody yeah, it was, it. it was like a treat. Now it's like you eat it when you're like sad and alone and are too depressed to cook your own meal at night. It's always crazy to me too when you see these shows and you're like, oh, he went and bought it. And they're always like, it's a sad microwave dinner. Those cost as much as it costs to go to like a real place, like a deli and get like a small pizza or a sub or something. Like when those are all your options, I don't understand getting like the hungry man for no well, reason. Well, no, in fairness, those cost like no more than $5. I don't know, $5 foot long. I don't like Subway, but I'd rather eat that than microwaved potatoes. Yeah, but you could be home at night and, you know, the, you get hungry. You could just throw that in. I don't want to go to fucking That's what Subway. I do. I buy frozen shit like that too, and that's just like the 
I don't feel like cooking right now. I'm just throwing this in the microwave. Like, yeah, we've had this conversation offline before, but uh, and those uh, the frozen Indian food uh, meals from Trader Joe's are all pretty phenomenal. I mean, think that that I think phenomenal. is different though. Like the Trader Joe stuff is definitely a much higher quality than what they were pitching in the '90s from like Stouffer's or whatever. You know, well, like you remember the kids' cuisine ones that we had, and I think they still exist. When we were they kids, it was exist. like, yeah, they're the like, most yeah, fresh nuggets chicken nuggets you've ever had in your life, and then it's like brownie batter that just cakes on to the plastic when you microwave it and you're like oh it's oh, a brownie yeah. it cooks in the, it's like disgusting it's it's absolutely vile also probably not the worst thing ever to be feeding kids uh i mean yes and no you can't continuously do but those i mean kids can just like intake calories like that's what oh, they yeah. do they're growing and it's just easy for them and they just love chicken fingers that are shaped like things <laughs> yeah i still do i, I believe that <laughs> you get some dino nuggets in the fridge i actually do nice <laughs> so Steve tries to get to the bottom of what's going on and first Bullethead speaks up and forgets what the question was and I don't know something about his delivery I was just like ah oh, that was oh, pretty cringy that, oh that Bullethead yeah so wacky and then uh, Sarah the dangerous minds girl uh, tries to explain everything and she was doing the so he was like, and then she was like, and then he was like, and she was doing that for a while. And then Steve tells her to slow down before she blows a lip and hurts somebody. Yeah, the blows a lip thing is weird. This is also too where he uh, he like references um, the Sydney Poitier movie, <laughs> like just again weird stuff that you're like, what is happening here? That like I don't even think our generation would have got that at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the, the whole thing was I don't get it now. So. <laughs> yeah, so because he doesn't, he kicks them out. He, he eventually kicks uh, Romeo and Sophia out, and then. As he's kicking them out, Joe, to what you just referenced, he's now talking to himself, but, you know, for yeah. us to hear. And he's like, you know, when when Sidney Potier, you know, did this job, you know, there were little white kids holding hands and sang him a song. And um, I looked it up. He's referring to the movie Two Sir With Love, which came out in 1967. So 30 years before that. And again, when you put it in that context, him referencing that makes all the sense in the world because that'd be us referencing a movie from 1991, right? Yeah, but, but even, I mean, how old was he expected to be in this, in this show? That would be us referencing mantis even if he's like (laughs) i mean like i get even if he's 45 ish he's like 15 when that movie comes out i mean i guess I don't think so, though, because I, I don't think he's that old now. I mean, this was 25 years ago. He's probably like our age-ish, right? Maybe? Well, they're talking about him as a failed musician. He's 64 now. Right, about to be 65 ago. next month. But, um, so yeah, I mean. He's like 40. Yeah, 25 years ago. So, But again, being a failed musician, though, when you're 40, that sort of tracks, right? Because if you don't make it when you're young, unless you make it in like, like there are certain groups, like you could be like a huge jazz performer, right? Because it's sort of off the beaten path. But to be like a popular music like pop music person it very rarely happens for people who are over 40 and then um from the scene after he kicks those two out it flashes you know to the class is kind of in session now and he's just playing the saxophone again that's the part i was talking about earlier when I, when it cut back there was the laugh track going off to him playing the saxophone i'm like maybe funny. was it not was it like residual laughter no it wasn't from residual. the last joke it, no? it was to that weird yeah, i guess i didn't catch that <laughs> it's because you were laughing also so it drowned out the laugh track yeah. and the saxophone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's playing the saxophone. He tells the students it's a B flat that he was playing. And the girl's like, well, how do you know? And he's like, because I'm a professional musician. And that's when he's like, I was almost in the Commodores, who, you know, you guys would know from Brick House. And uh, he's like, you know, the owl, like 
They stole that from him, according to him, his own legend. I love his ow. Yeah. And uh, the thing I thought was weird about this, though, was if he was in a successful group that made all this money and stuff in the past, when you're telling these students that you're a musician, why are you not referencing your own band? Why are you telling them about how you were almost in another famous band? Because I think he wasn't in that famous of a band. He was just acting like it was. Like that, that, that when he's breaking the fourth wall in the beginning of the episode, he's talking up his, his, what is it? Uh, high tower and the high, high tower and the high tops. Yeah, they weren't the really that good. He's yeah, I was just, under the impression they were that they just like their run did a was good job. Over. Yeah, I kind of got it as like a regionally famous band, right? Like they were huge. Everybody in Boston knows this band and they're great, but they never like signed a record deal and had a big single. And 20 years later, unless you were there, you don't really know about them. But at that time, everyone around knew them. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. The banks bounced their checks because they were so big. Hey. Yeah, so then uh, Principal Greer uh, enters and asks to speak with Steve outside. This pissed me off, by and the this way. Is, and this is when, before she, uh, he goes out there, you know, they're like, oh, you know, the principal's calling you outside, you're in trouble. And Bullethead's like, okay, like, tell her your parents are split up, and you're having a hard time, <laughs> and you miss your dad. And then you have to, like, bite the bottom of your lip and look up. It works every time. And, uh, Ferg, is this what bothers you, or is it something that comes up later on? It just bothered me that she undermined him when he threw okay. the, the troublesome kids out. Yeah, so on day one. Right. And then this comes up again later in the scene, too, uh, because when you go outside, you see that Romeo and Sophia are sitting outside and the principal tells him to get back to class. And before Romeo leaves, he does that whole routine that Bullethead just did with the my parents split up and I miss my dad. And like it looks like the principal kind of like she's feeding into it. And then, you know, it's, well, you know, it's just no excuse to do what you did and then sends him back in. And I was like, if literally every one of these students, if this is the routine they all do, like she's, it's not her first day. How is she not picked up on this yet? It's just modern America, man. Everybody's parents are broken up. Well, I mean, I was going to say, I think that most, as a principal, you might know that they're bullshitting you, but you can't really call it out. Well, they're like, oh, this, this particular thing works every time so yeah but i mean look at look at how teachers and principals are treated though like can you imagine somebody going home and saying oh my god i did this like people be all up in arms so you have to in the 90s oh i was just gonna say i feel like this might be a little bit of like they let bullethead get away with it but not everybody else because bullethead is got a bullet in his head yeah and they sort of give him a different way of things you know yeah like he thought he created this like clever excuse but they're like oh this poor kid yeah yeah we don't feel bad for you for that like we feel bad because it's a bullet in your head but yeah now that um they're alone you know she's like where did you get the idea that you can kick the students out of class just because he's not uh just because you're not inclined to deal with them and as she's saying this you see cedric coming down the stairs because he is the one who gave steve the idea to kick them out if something was going wrong and then before she even goes on she she's like do you smell a hungry man dinner and then you see him like running away before you know she can see him and i was like is he not allowed to eat like, why did that make him run away? The he ran away he had... because he, he was the one who suggested it, that they throw him out. He didn't want to get thrown in. Well, first bus. he stopped, but it was after she mentions the hungry man that he, like, scurried off. But, yeah, to go back, the whole, like, who told you you can kick kids out just because you're not inclined to deal with them? In my history, and we've talked earlier in the episode, maybe I've been kicked out of a class or two in my day. That's how literally every teacher handles that ever in every grade throughout time. Like, that's that's how that's handled. If you act up in class... You're sent to the principal's office. Yeah, then it's up to the principal to deal with the kid that you just kicked out. Yeah, it's like, 
So what is what is she talking about? Like, is he supposed to just scream at them in in the middle of the class or something? I, I don't understand. When the kids yeah, being out of line, you kick them out. I yeah, I don't think get it he either. when he threw them out, he didn't say like go to the principal. So maybe they like they just went in the hall and you know what? Arguing more. Maybe she caught them in the hallway and like, why aren't you in class? Oh, he threw us out. Oh, really? Like that kind of thing. But I don't know. This is a side thought. But do you guys remember in elementary school where every now and again you would go have lunch with the principal? instead nope you don't remember no. that I they would like it would be like a drawing like oh so like you and two other people are going to have lunch with the principal today and i think it was like i vaguely was, remember was what like you're mr cummings about. i think was the principal at the time in elementary school and you just have to go and like there wouldn't even be like a table for you to eat at you would just eat at the other side of his desk as he talked to you <laughs> it was super uncomfortable i don't know what made me think of it. i don't think terrible. i was ever selected for that i'm like the last kid they'd want to do that with so i was probably um yeah not... this is at the eb newton not eb newton the willis willis but uh yeah so uh she continues to remind him about like the magnitude of his responsibilities now and she's like you're not the cool kid on campus like you were in high school and that's when uh something flags in his head he's like high school so like at this point like we can assume that she's probably from his high school that's how she knows him because he's been trying to pinpoint this for a while agreed i'm sorry i'm trying to remember the part of the episode and my notes jump right from that to it's autumn in chicago you need these clothes and a fat woman to lay next to you so i'm like there's this part i missed when i was taking notes and i didn't know where to go from there all right well that's a wise way so let's forget that and we'll move on <laughs> so now we're back in class and uh steve asked sophia to give romeo his clothes back she says she doesn't want to see a skin his skinny jodeci chest anyways you guys all jodeci fans i don't even know what a jodeci is i don't know jodeci yeah so jodeci was an r&b group i think there were four of them and you know what you guys would probably remember jodeci was a big group in their own right but when they went on hiatus two of them went solo well not solo but two separated as a duo that you would know as Casey and Jojo. Oh, okay. So uh, Casey and Jojo nope. came from Jodeci. All My Life from every middle school dance. I know that it was song. the last song. Okay. I know that song. But yeah, so, uh, and then Romeo said- I'd have to hear it. I'm sure I know it. Yeah, and then Joe actually, this goes into what your note said. Uh, Romeo said he doesn't need the clothes, and that's when Steve tells him that it's autumn in Chicago. You need those clothes and a fat woman to lay next to you. And Steve just still going hard on the paint on the fat ladies. <laughs> I was like, I mean, like, it was a, it was- it was a funny joke. But even then, I thought, like, just the idea of, like, suggesting that, like, you need a woman to lay next to you, I thought, even then, like, probably not something you could tell a student, right? Oh, definitely not. No, but why is he harping so much on, like, bigger women? Like, it's, like, an issue for him. <laughs> That's what you did in the 90s, though. That was, like, easy target. Like, married with children. That's true. Yeah, married with children, it was, like, a whole subplot of the show. Yeah. Yeah. But in married with children, the larger women were always, like, antagonists to him, too. Like, they go to the shoe store, they insist they're a different size than they are, and they, they're argumentative with them. Where here, it's just, like, he's just teeing off on big women, like... For no reason, really. Just every time he has a chance, he, he cracks a joke. Well, I mean, back in the 90s, too, I mean, what were the jokes that, like, the popular comedians were saying? Like, yo mama's so fat that, you know, she has her own orbit. You know, like, it, that was the time. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I mean, in general, yeah. I mean, fat jokes were more prevalent then. We, we've talked. It, it was a less sensitive time than it is now. So you could you could pick apart someone's you know body a little bit more freely at that point, and they they are easy jokes to go by. And then um and then they, right after that, he calls Romeo aside to speak with him privately, and he asks him to just uh he's like just get her a birthday gift so you can end all this. And Romeo's like, I had the money and then I spent it, and I was like, this is such a weird exchange. Like at this part of the episode. 
why is Steve so invested in their relationship? He's like, just just buy her a gift, man. And because then, he has to deal with it. Yeah, he but, wants the fight to stop. But then for Romeo, and then Romeo just being like, hey, I had the money and then I spent it. I was like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? And I know they get into it later, but the way that this all came off just seemed weird. Like they were trying to set up for later, but the 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 wording wasn't quite right back and forth for me at least. Yeah, I think that maybe if they if he was like, I had the money and I spent it on you know what he spent it on, you could have eliminated a minute of the show and gotten to the point right away. I think at this point he's just trapped. He can't throw them out. He can't keep them if they're gonna keep fighting. It's like it's what Goto alluded to. So he's got to at least try to work it out. That's why he suddenly focused to you know get it off. His his back his own back so and from there the bell rings everyone leaves the classroom and we flash to a little bit later on in the day i guess because now steve's alone in his class and sophia walks in and she hands him this uh form to sign so he can transfer out of class I'm like i didn't know that was like a thing you could do so easily like i just <laughs> you're in the middle yeah, i didn't know that either you just like grab this quick form he signs it and then they let you go somewhere else but yeah, it's not college yeah, yeah, that seems like a much more college thing than a, like, I don't think when we, I mean, certainly when we were in high school, you couldn't just be like, I don't like this teacher, I don't like this class anymore, I'm going to get transferred out like that. I'm sure you could complain Only. and they'd put you somewhere. Yeah, and you know what? They don't really get into it. I know it's his first day, but is this like the first day of school as well? Because it seems like it's mid-year, like everyone's kind of in their groove. Yeah, but... I don't think so, because they, they ask that. They ask, yeah. where's the other teacher at the beginning? Right, right, right. So, yeah. the uh, Yeah, when Steve so Harvey says it's winter in Chicago. So. Yeah, uh, autumn. Autumn. Oh, oh, he says autumn? Yeah, I thought yeah. I said winter. But even then, like, when when does school start? It's been so long for me. Yeah, right after the winter. Denver? So, yeah. So, autumn. So, it's, it's fresh in the school year, yeah. So, it might, it might be pretty new. But in any event. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think it's that easy to just, like, go in and ask for a transfer out of your class. And she, she's talking about she gave Romeo the best years of her life. She could have been with a senior. And uh, Steve tells her that, you know, this might seem like the end of the world to you, but, you know, this could be a good thing. This could all be for the best. And she's like, you know what, forget it. And she leaves. And then from there, we see Steve walk into the hallway, and he's approaching Romeo. And he tells him that, you know, he spoke with Sophia, and she was pretty upset about everything that happened. And Romeo tells him, you know, I was going to get her a gift next week. And Steve says, that doesn't cut it until you're married. And that didn't seem right to me either. Uh, Joe, you're the only married guy in here. Does that track? Can you just give birthday gifts a, a week late? Because that doesn't make sense to me. Does not track. Yeah, it feels Will like not be work. more dire consequence the further along you get. You'll be in more trouble, I think, yeah. He's sleeping on the couch. I'd like to say that uh, I haven't been in that situation purposely because I think you just have a better understanding of don't do that. But also, if you were to say, hey, I couldn't get you a gift because I had to pay the light bill, that's probably different. Probably a little more understanding. Yeah, when you're married, if you're in that point. Yeah, because, yeah, that's that's what we finally find out Romeo's situation was when he said that he spent it. He spent it to keep the electricity on in his house. And Steve's like, why didn't you explain that to Sophia? And with Romeo, it seems like his self-image, like that's a big thing with him. He's like, you know, I, I can't just explain that. Like, you know, I'm Romeo and uh, I'm supposed to be the man. And, you know. Where far art thou? <laughs> and Steve's like, you know, you know, keeping the electricity on your house makes you sound like the man. Like that's that's like being a man. That was such a full house moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like real quick, like they didn't like build it up enough. Like they, they were just like, let's get the, the sentimental spot in right here. And they kind yeah, of yeah, like, make sure you know fast. he's a good dude. Yeah. Romeo's not a complete shithead. Uh, Steve kind of cares about the kids. All right, let's move on. So Steve tells him you need to be able to utilize all your skills. It's like, do you sing? No. 
do you play an instrument? No. Can you read? Yes. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll help you out then. And then they like, they walk off. I think it says, could you read or can you recognize shapes and colors? Oh yeah. Shapes and colors as well. A good line. So then when he does explain that he could read as they walk off, he's like, you know, we'll work on the shapes and colors thing later. We flashed a little bit later on and then Sophia and Romeo walk down the stairs into the hallway and Romeo's like going to show her something. And Sophia's like, this better be good because they're picking the teams for drill team. <laughs> and they walk into the class where Steve is already sitting at the piano and Romeo sits her down and he's like hit it Steve and Steve just starts playing piano and Romeo's just kind of doing this like spoken word poem for her and like it was like very brief and it wasn't that good and he worked in a couple of those Commodore hours in it which was like the the one highlight of the thing but yeah, it was really yeah, the favorite short. thing about it is and i'm sure brevity for time for a tv show but it's like eight seconds long it's like i'm sorry i didn't get you a gift uh here's eight seconds of me beat poet here's something i clearly <laughs> did last minute with the teacher i just met today so you know i didn't plan it ahead of time because we literally just met this guy a few hours ago hey it worked don't hate yeah it immediately worked as soon as she heard it like they were back <laughs> on track everything was good always forgiven and um as they're walking out they uh encounter cedric is who's coming back into the room and then cedric tells steve that those two are hotter than a vcr in a crack house <laughs> i thought that he was talking about the girl and i was like wow that's really inappropriate for a teacher to say no that. he he said the couple specifically be a different okay, turn for this he's like man the but girls yeah. in my class are hotter than a vcr <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about just sophia it's a whole different joke and it's a whole different level of uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> well at the end of the episode they do those uh bloopers you know this isn't like a cut ahead but like like a lot of shows do they do have bloopers in the show on the steve harvey show i would love to see if there's cutting room floor of him trying to say that stuff instead <laughs> You know, they have this uh, small exchange where Cedric was basically just checking up on him. And Steve, he admits, like, you know, I was complaining a bit earlier. And he's like, you know, you were complaining a lot earlier. And they really drove that line. And, like, it was like, no, it was a lot. Like, a lot. And they were really trying to, like, make that, like, this big joke. And then, uh, you know what? Steve says, you know, I'm going to use some of this. And I'll apply it for tomorrow. And that's him confirming he's going to stay with this job. And Cedric's like, tomorrow? He's like, well, this is, you know, cause to celebrate. Like, we should go to Earl's. They have a Earl's chicken. They have a special on day old wings. Yeah, that one may be another head shaker. Like, what? Oh, I love chicken wings. I guess if they're, if they're a day old, I'm probably still eat. I mean, were they sitting out? We all know Jay's threshold is much bigger than that. <laughs> What's yeah. the wing threshold? <laughs> you mean two day hey, old one wings. day old in the fridge is fine. You eat those. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming they don't leave them out on the Yeah, what does old mean, though? Like the day after you bomb them or the day after they go bad? I guess it depends on the wing. So I think it is you cook them and nobody ate them and you've got a basket full of wings left from yesterday, right? Yeah. Like when you go to a place like um, like Red Bones or whatever at the end of the night where they'd be like, here is a giant pile of stuff nobody ate because we're not going to do anything with it. And you'd get like weird wings and stuff that were probably cooked eight or ten hours ago. Works for me. I mean, if there's a discount on wings under any capacity, like, yeah, I'll eat a day old wing. That, that's more than fine for me. I didn't think it was gross. I just thought it was a weird line. Yeah. So then uh, you, you find out it's like 4.30. It's like, oh, there's something I got to do. So... As he says the time, Cedric's like, oh, wait. He's like, I just remembered I have the basketball team still running laps, and he runs out. <laughs> Apparently, that joke worked on you, Ferg. I thought it was like a, a kind of a, a weird one. I just, I got a mental picture of them all like. It's just a bunch of guys running in circles, like, <laughs> yeah, like near dead because they've just been <laughs> spinning around for a half hour. And uh, yeah, so the thing Steve had to do is go back to the admin office because, um, you know, he had to submit that form, the contract, uh, for the job. And the principal's sitting there waiting for him and she's like, you're five minutes late. And he's like, what, what can I say? Spank me? <laughs> 
It's like, I don't know if you can say that to your boss. The Wild West in the 90s. <laughs> now, I feel like half these jokes, you just go, the 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the show, right? If you're like, how do you kind of get away with this? What do you think of it? You 90. can just say the 90s. That's yeah, yeah. the 90s. But yeah, he hands her the contract. And uh, as she looked at it, she's like, oh, you still, you know, sign your name using half the page. And that's when he's like, okay, like, who are you? Like, obviously, you know me. This is starting to freak me out. And this is when you get your reveal. Does the name Blubberbutt ring a bell to you? <laughs> Fat Alberta. <laughs> Fat Alberta, I thought was funny. Blubberbutt <laughs> is the maybe the most like typical used over and over again. Like it's just too easy. Yeah. Fat Alberta. <laughs> yeah, Blubberbutt's the good like alliteration one, right? They're always gonna throw yeah. in an alliteration or two. But Fat Fat Alberta I thought was funny. And then he's like, Piggy Greer? <laughs> I sweat Crisco Piggy Greer. So it, it all Piggy. ties in though. They called her Piggy. The last time he was in the principal's office was because he put a sign on the new principal's back when she was a child. It all came full circle. He's like, girl, you cleaned up nice since high school. And I was thinking, your nickname for her was Piggy Greer, which is her actual last name. So when you meet Principal Greer, there was no point in time when you were trying to figure out all day who this was. Yeah. I imagine they must have, I mean, you could say something like, maybe they had a humongous graduating class. There's 500 people. It's a city school. Stop giving it this much credit. Stop. <laughs> all right, fair Come enough. Come on. <laughs> no, because I mean, the literal next line is like, oh, do you remember this song? And well, he remember remembers his song? version of the Temptations song yeah, lyrically yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. So, so there has to be something there, yeah. If she was that fat, though, the fact that she he doesn't recognize her face now, then I, I guess you wouldn't even think of with the last name. I suppose. True. Yeah, she looks that different. Because he he's wondering, he's like, oh, so is this all payback? And she's like, oh, I got you, like, I got you on paper now, like you signed on the dotted line, like for his company. But I'm like, what's your plan? You gave him a job, and he just agreed to the job. Like, I don't understand what your master plan is. Because she made it sound like I'm gonna now, help you now pay now your bills. You. Yeah, like <laughs> now I got you. You signed the contract. Like, okay. Like, what are you going to do with that? Have him teach classes and pay him? But, but yeah, he's just like, no, this isn't payback. Like, a few extra classes, meaning the fact that she gave him, like, drama and art as well, like, pales in comparison to the song. And that's when we find out, the, the, you know, he was like the weird Al of fat joke songs and uh, ain't no neck bone like the one I got. Where's the grub? And the first time I ever saw some ribs. <laughs> <laughs> that one really made me laugh. And then, um, and that's when he gets excited because now he's reminiscing about all the old fat songs. And that's like, so, so he's, so he thinks, I know you want my pig foot, but I refuse to let it go. If I had to beg and plead for some pork and beans. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> Thank that was very you. nice, Jay. That was a good rendition. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry for anyone who had to just listen to that. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, all right, goodbye, Mr. Hightower. And remember, from now on, I'm on top. And he just gives her like the up and down look and goes, I'm cool with that. Because <laughs> you can't not end in a sex joke, right? Of course. Correct. And then, um, like, yeah, it's weird because I thought that's where it probably should have ended. But instead, they give you like a five second extra clip where it's just Cedric and Steve in the hall together. And he, he's like, can you believe that that's Piggy Greer? And Cedric goes like, oh, uh, yeah, like the same. Yeah. When he's, you know, revealing that he knew that he was going to have to teach multiple classes. And <laughs> yep. that was it. It was like, why did we add with? like the episode just a little too short so you had to add something to it like it should have just ended with like the i'm cool with that with her saying i'm on top now yeah i don't know it just I, i'm confused because i don't think i didn't think he didn't go to school with them so he wouldn't even know piggy Greer. right because they met in college they say See, that's right yeah he said he, that they, they've been friends since college 
Good catch. I that is a great point, that. Ferg. Yeah, that is a great point. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm yeah. so mad at the show right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, Joey, you actually mentioned, mentioned this earlier, but the credit team, they do like a little, a blooper thing, which I feel at that point in time, like in the nineties, a lot of shows did that. And I kind of miss that. Home Improvement made that famous. Like they, yeah. they did it every, every episode. I like that. I like ending the episode with, with like the bloopers and the kind of the breaking of the fourth wall with that stuff. Yeah. I like that too. It I've makes you think love bloopers. Yeah. It makes you think they're having fun. Yeah. Like you like can't do it. Job. Like if it's like a lighthearted, you know, sitcom, like something like this, like that's fine. You can't do it with Grey's Anatomy, right? Like that kind of ruins no. the mood after the credits, but for this, it's fine. And, and you know, I don't think any shows do it now, but I don't watch a lot of modern shows, to be honest with you. You have to go to YouTube for that. Like, they have them, obviously. Like, you can find any sitcom that's on now and just find bloopers. Nothing even has credits anymore, though. Like, you know, the show ends and then they just kind of, like, give you, like, they they shrink it to the corner, throw it up in four seconds, and then um, they move on anyways to the next episode. Now they save all that for, like, the blooper reel on the Blu-ray or DVDs. Yeah, the, yeah, the bonus buyers. content. Which, who is buying these, by the way? I, mean, I still do occasionally. It depends on the thing. Joe? Some things don't come out, you know, streaming the same way. Or if you have to buy something anyway, and you have to buy it either digitally or a Blu-ray, if there's more features or something, you know, there's yeah. they, they get you on some things. I'll buy a show I like enough just to support the product. I bought Chuck. I have the whole Yeah, series. I mean, I've considered buying things. Um, I've never actually, like, pulled the... Tr- I mean, except for, like, years ago when they were still more mainstream. But it, in recent years, I couldn't tell you the last thing I bought even yeah, on now that streaming's a lot bigger i can't think of the last dvd set i bought but i'll tell you what kind of bums me out is now that we don't buy those things you can't like go on netflix watch a season of a show and then like get to watch all the bonus content like they don't put that right. stuff on the streaming sites it's like why not it exists just that's more content for you just throw it up there i was just gonna say like the reason i still have the complete series on dvd is because there's like thousands of hours of bonus content there's so many discs to it and you can even watch all of the episodes with like a trivia track on them like all this sort of stuff that you're like it's worth still having them for that and you lose all of that like you said jay when you move it to streaming because they don't want to put any of that stuff up there but like why like it's it's like give me deleted scenes and blooper reels like just give it i I wonder when these shows are bought by the streaming platforms is that stuff included or do you just get the rights to play the episode yeah you definitely the problem i think i think it's the rights yeah you're not you just don't have it otherwise they would be on those streaming sites it's kind of like what you're seeing with uh the office and peacock now you're getting some of these bonus episodes and features and stuff to them so maybe you'll start seeing more of it now i think they're doing the same thing with uh parks and rec oh are they i think so i thought i saw a commercial about it well i hope that they do all of like if they do parks and rec i hope they just do the whole series at once not like the office because it's been over a year now and they only have done three seasons and you're like <laughs> somebody has to be doing this right come on especially when like peacock rest their whole like thing on hey we have the office so you gotta get peacock now and then right and they're like really trying to stretch it out they can't it's even like fix the wwe you think they're gonna work that hard on the office well it's oh, like the office terrible. they're like the office is like the thing that they got a lot because it was a number one netflix show and not to go on this long long tangent but they got everyone like they took the biggest show off netflix and put it on their own service but they know that they got a giant spike from the office so they need to really stretch out that bonus content now so now like oh you guys like those supersized episodes well every two years we'll put out another season for you yeah right. that's probably why they're doing it yeah but uh in any event that's the entirety of the show for the steve harvey show anything else you guys want to talk about in regards to this show Mm-mm. the only other thing i wanted to bring up is we were talking about how like Lori beth dinberg is in it and that was one of the memories from the show for later on yeah and like i remember um i remember the girlfriend of 
uh, Cedric Dennett-Tanner. I don't remember yes. her character's name, but she like was like a standout character to me. That's the only yeah, thing I really remember. She was a big character, for sure. The one thing ever from this show, because it is technically, I mean, it's one of those shows, it's for adults, but it's for kids in high school or whatever, right? And we always talk about how shows about kids in high school aren't really for kids in high school. They're for kids in middle school, right? right. Because you are you don't want to watch something about what your life is. You, you see how it's not realistic. They call every girl on this show, like every woman on this show, and every episode after this, so casually, so consistently, just always call them chicken heads and that's stuck in my head for like 25 years that i couldn't believe they just got away with that it's for sure where i would have first heard that term and whenever anybody says steve harvey show the first thing i think of is just like the constant like oh you talk about them chicken heads over there you're like this is a pretty weird bunch of blatant blowjob jokes for a wb sitcom for kids that they would constantly make i didn't know that was a blowjob thing 90s (laughs) i feel like that's gonna be like a new thing on our show is like when we cover 90s shows it's gonna be just the 90s <laughs> and joe just in reference to what you just said a second ago how often does the steve harvey show come up in conversation when you talk to people <laughs> i was not conversation <laughs> anytime someone mentions the steve harvey show it's like what <laughs> i mean you're all well aware of my broken brain but not i don't talk about the steve harvey show very often but steve delete, harvey's delete. everywhere <laughs> But you know what I mean? You watch Family Feud or he's in a commercial for something and I immediately think of the Steve Harvey show because that's what I used to watch the most of and I don't watch Family Feud that often. Although I will say we watched episode last night uh, since we were going to record this and his suits have gotten a uh, much better tailor. Uh, he's got a much better tailor now. No, they're still he still wears giant suits. He wears big suits. but uh, He wasn't in this episode. He had like a tailored suit on and it was like a weird like fuzzy material. He looked totally different. He's like known for mink? suits too. Like he's one of those guys yeah. you always see in a suit at all times. They yeah. always joke about that on Family Feud. Louis Anderson wore the shit out of a suit, right? No, 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 no. Louis Anderson. No, Louis Anderson shit in his suit. <laughs> Show me shit suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve Harvey's the uh, the the goat Family Feud. No, he's host. not. I was gonna say we hadn't talked about this yet, but okay. So there have been uh, six hosts of the Family Feud. Is that total. it? Really? I would have thought yeah. like so many more because so many of them existed in like the later half of the show. I think that because some of them had such long chunks. Like the first two and the latest one, Steve Harvey has been on it for well over a decade. He's not, I don't think, I think he's already been replaced. There's somebody new. Oh, I saw, I was watching it last night. He was Steve on Steve Harvey it. owns sure, it. Are you sure it wasn't a repeat? Oh, it may, it may have been, but. Wait, go to what? Steve Harvey owns it or like owns the production company of the Family Feud. Yeah, he is still the host too. Okay, I, th- I thought so. Maybe I saw an old one. <laughs> but yeah, it went Richard Dawson, who everybody remember from when we were kids. He was like, and he was the one who kissed place. everybody, right? Yeah, he yes. did kiss everybody. And then there is Ray Combs, who was the one who committed suicide. He was the one who did a lot of stuff with WWF. Oh, right, 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 right. What was his name? I missed that. Ray Combs. He committed suicide. Okay. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I believe so. And then there was nobody for a long time, and they brought it back. We've had all the different hosts. With Louis Anderson. <laughs> Because we've had Louie. That was when we were in high school. Show me Dildo. Which we've been saying now consistently <laughs> for 20 years. Uh, and then Richard Karn, who's uh, Al Borland. And then a good friend John- of me oh, and Berg's. Oh, a good friend? <laughs> yeah, you guys met last week, your buddy. And then it was uh, John O'Hurley, who was um, Jay Peterman. Oh, from that, was the, that was the gray-haired guy, right? Yeah. yeah. He was really boring. Oh, I forgot he had it. I was like, for the life of me, when you said six, once you went to modern day, I went, did he miss someone from the past? He did it for a few years, too. But yeah, he was a little boring. 
boring at it. I love him as he's great on Seinfeld and stuff, but he it wasn't super entertaining. And then uh, yeah, Steve Harvey's been on it now for over a decade, so that's where we're at. Eleven Obviously, years. Obviously, every one of them good in their own way. But show me down now is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> no, Steve Harvey's like we were saying earlier. His facial expressions, like he just can deliver it. Got nothing on Louis Anderson's voice. I would say that Steve Harvey, when someone gives a bad answer, he is his. Hysterical. He's like he'll pounce on them more than any other. He's host really in good the at the deadpan. Like, and really he's a comedian, that, yeah. right? He's good and he's yeah. quick on his feet. Whereas like Richard Karn is great. I love Home Improvement, but he's not. He doesn't have the ability to just yeah, just think on the fly like that. Al was just wholesome when he was. <laughs> like, that's all that was. I feel like you're allowed to have two though. Like why not have Al Borland come back? Like Richard Karn come back and do like it's daytime feud, then have it be like wholesome for people who are home during the day, and then have Steve. Harvey be like it's x-rated viewed <laughs> I love that so much I um I do like whenever like dark all those types of game shows like you don't really you know if they're on they're on when you're just home one day but whenever they have celebrities on it it's like this whole thing you're like oh my god <laughs> the celebrities playing the game and then it makes it more fun well, for some one reason. of the hardest I've ever laughed at family feud is when they had the uh ex NFL players versus current NFL players I remember that one yeah and uh I forget who the ex NFL player was um is it oh shit I know his name I can't think of it anyways they asked like if you could if replace a pirate's hook with another tool what would you be and he goes hammer and, and it was like the buzz and he goes it's already been used you gotta pick another one and he goes penis <laughs> and steve harvey keeps <laughs> yeah. keeps reading the next question he goes wait a minute what the fuck did he just say and they like stopped the whole production because he picked it up way too late it was hilarious i'll find it and send it to you guys i always see the bloopers of of steve harvey and his bloopers are so funny like if you just search youtube they're out of this world hysterical and then maybe, every single one of them. And maybe if we find like uh if we find something good, maybe we could sneak it in the stories on our Instagram at uh, S1E1Pod, by the way. Do so, you guys um, remember when he um when he announced the wrong Miss Universe and it was that big awkward thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was yeah. huge. Yeah. He read the wrong name and they had to like take the crown off the girl. I forgot about that. Gordo, I'm surprised you didn't bring that up because that became such a meme heavy thing for a while and that's uh I honestly forgot about that. Because I wanna say honesty. that Steve Harvey replied by I think like the next holiday might have been like the fourth of July. So on his Instagram he's like, Happy Easter, y'all and he had like he was yeah. just like you know dude, he was you know, he, I guess he like he was a good it. sport about it. it's like, Yeah, well your life isn't the one that was ruined, it was that poor girl. <laughs> right. It's like you don't have to recover from this yeah you just went home and went whoops yeah oops that sucks <laughs> but yeah in any event I, th- I think it's time we should get into the green light or cancel so uh i'm gonna go in the order i see you guys gordo i'm gonna start with you green light green light it was funny sure it didn't make sense at times like the baggy pants and whatnot it's not meant to be analyzed like we are i found myself at the end of the episode wanting to watch a second episode and i enjoyed it i chuckled throughout the whole um show so that's all I need. It's a green light for me. Joe. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much I can add to what Gordo said, because he pretty much said everything I would have. Um, I loved this show as a kid. I mean, look, it's hard. This Berg said, 90s, right? If you just throw your hands up a bunch of times and say it's the 90s and all the weird stuff, then, you know, you can just get away with, with more, I guess. And I do wish it was streaming more consistently somewhere, because I love to keep watching it, just like Gordo said. And also, green light, of course, because you can never cancel anything or give a red light to anything with an alumni of Mantis. Berg. 
I don't know how this show got a second episode, let alone seven seasons. Cancelled. It was just full of holes, terrible cringy jokes. They lost me with the refrigerator jokes. I was already done very early. And then that stupid scene with with the boombox and everyone dancing. and I I, I hated this show. As soon as you referenced (laughs) that scene and how much you hated it, even more so than the the in living uh, i'm sorry the living single clip from uh from weeks ago when we covered that show i knew you were going to cancel it because of how much you hated that scene in living single i hate it but better than uh it was better than the scene in the basement with the, from with the country band. comfort yeah that's mama's guitar <laughs> So, and for all of you, please go back and listen to these episodes. I'll, uh, I'll country it, Comfort, one I'll of our better that. ones, I'd better say. Than, better than Country Comfort. <laughs> but can't That was a Biggie Smalls pants. <laughs> <laughs> Nick. Uh, listen, I, I think I this show must get better, right? Because it doesn't... Uh, it goes for seven seasons. That's crazy. 122 episodes, I think you said. I hated this episode, though. This pilot was fucking awful. Uh, I, Cedric the Entertainer and Steve Harvey were like the only kind of saving graces. I'm not even going to give them like a ton of credit for it. The writing was like super lazy and boring. The jokes just like, I don't think a single one of them hit with me except for one. Um, the one where he said, I don't know something and then I don't know again, which I thought was funny. Uh, I didn't like any of the characters. Like none of them have redeeming qualities, like even a little bit. My top three biggest cancels on our podcast, I think are... Big Show Show, Country Comfort, and Mama's Family. I hated all of those shows a lot, but I think I got to knock one out of that list and put this show in there, maybe in the top, because I this is like the worst show I've seen so far, I think. I hate this show with a deep, deep burning passion, and I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> but, <clears throat> that's just the way it is. This show is awful. <laughs> Uh, just so you guys know who are listening, cancel. Um, yeah, uh, Nick, uh, Nick dragged a Steve Harvey image over his screen. Um, <laughs> looking at that. And I also want to point out, I think when Nick talked about all, with the exception of the Big Show show, which if that one got bumped to the four spot, would mean all of Nick's most hated shows are all of Joe's picks. Uh, no, actually, Big Show show for me is my number one least favorite show we've ever done. It- um, I would put it below that. I I would say it's not as bad as Big Show show, I would say. So I would probably knock off Mama's Family. So it would go Big Show, This Show, Country Comfort. Got it. I would watch Country Comfort before I watch another episode. Yeah. All right. So uh, we went from two yeses in a row to now me being in a tiebreaker situation, which is like three out of the last four episodes, I think. And- I feel like we need music. Music like when it's tiebreaker and it comes to you. We'll look for something. We'll <laughs> debate it. You know what? We'll debate it for months and probably never settle on something. But yeah, we'll keep that in mind. I know you got a tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So for me, I actually have to go with Ferg and Nick. I'm gonna have to cancel this. And you know, it was I wanted to like because I really like Steve Harvey and I thought he was good in it at times. But yeah, like I didn't like a bunch of the characters. And then there were just these points where. You know, as I'm going through this episode now, as we're talking about it, I'll talk about a joke and then I'm like, what does that mean? What did, what was that joke? I don't get that joke. And there was just too much of that within the whole episode. I'm sure it gets better. I, I don't have a, a lot of memories of the show, like I said earlier, but uh, it was fine. I didn't hate it. Uh, I'm not where like Nick and Ferg are with it. Like it was okay. I, I didn't get upset watching it, but it wasn't enough for me to want to keep going on. 
So for me, it has to be a cancel. So that's it. I mean, it ends up being two out of five. So that's not enough. Sorry to the Steve Harvey show. We, we're going to have to cancel you. You don't live on to see an episode two. So that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. If you want to listen to us, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social medias. Follow us everywhere where you don't already follow us. We appreciate those of you who listen every week. But those extra follows on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that all means a lot. That helps us out a lot. YouTube as well. Uh, so give us follows on that stuff. S1E1Pod.com takes it all that stuff. But that's it. That's everything for this week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Piggy Greer. <laughs>